0: Today, we conclude our one-hit wonders. We are in the second to the last book in the New Testament. So you can start finding that if you want to right now. We are going to look at uh, the little book of Jude that has a little bit of everything in it. It really does. Uh, question while you find Jude, how many of you like a good, and I realize they're not all wonderful, but how many of you like a good Chinese buffet. Can I see your hands? Yeah. Yep. For me, that says, Jeff, permission to gluttony. That's what the Chinese buffet says to me. About a month ago, at our staff retreat at Lake Ann, we took a dinner break, and we headed to the Asian buffet in Traverse City, the Cherryland Mall, and uh, lots of choices. Uh, Something for everybody. Uh, I was just thinking, what did you have? I think I had Uh, egg rolls, sesame chicken, uh, the chicken on a stick. There might be a name for it, but that's what I call it. Pepper steak, general sows, Mongolian beef, and my new favorite. Okay, you got to try this if you like spicy stuff. Kung Pao chicken. I'm telling you what, that's good stuff. Anyway, the reason I talk about it, because the book of Jude is a lot like Uh, That Chinese buffet, okay? It's got a little bit of everything. It's a sampling from all of Scripture. Old Testament history. Yep, it's there. Uh, Angels and demons. Yep, it's here in Jude. Uh, First murder, check. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, Jude goes there. Uh, Controversial and uh, questionable sources. Jude quotes them. Reference to slavery. Yeah, Jude goes there too. Corruption in politics, check. Preachers only in it for the money. Yes, it's all of those and more. Uh, Jude is one of the four half-brothers of Jesus. And Jude serves up a sampling of a lot of, lot of things in, in God's word. But most of all, Jude gives us a stern warning. Okay, listen close. Here is Jude's stern warning that we need to get. Stay where it's safe. Stay under the covering of Jesus. Stay under God's book. Don't go out. Don't go out from underneath Jesus and his word. Uh, A lot of what he's saying is don't, don't. God's book, when it says don't, is saying don't hurt yourself. Sometimes we hear don't and we're thinking, why is it all? No, don't hurt yourself is his message. Would you stand with me if you're able to stand for three or four minutes? Because we're going to read all 25 verses of the book of Jude, okay? It takes three, four minutes. You can time if you want and let us know how long it went and... uh, Read with me, would you? Here we go. This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I'm writing to all who've been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Dear friends, I've been eagerly planning to write to you but the salvation we all share. But now I find that I might write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives, the condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they've denied our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. But later, he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority and God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. But these people scoff at things they do not understand, like unthinking animals. They do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. What sorrow awaits them, for they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money, and like Korah, they perish in their own rebellion. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They are like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars, doomed forever to blackest darkness. Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world. He'll convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and complainers, living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves, and they flatter others to get what they want. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times, there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you'll keep yourself safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him alone is God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. You can be seated. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for inspiring Jude to write down such an interesting little book. (laughs) So thank you that uh, we get to study it now. And, uh, Lord, we need your Spirit because some of the things we just read, we're going to need help with. Actually, most of it. Actually, all of it. We invite your Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to be welcomed. Take charge today in your church. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice. You're already seated. Good. First question. Who, who is this man named Jude? Who is it? Okay? Uh, Jude or Judas was a common name in biblical times. A lot, lot of Jeffs here uh, in church. They got Bradford and Jeff Knight and Jeff Shields. There were lots of Judases in the New Testament. Okay? So we know this Jude was not the one who kissed and betrayed Jesus. He was not one of the disciples of Jesus. It says here, look at verse 1, he was the brother of James. James was a well-known leader in the early church. He was the writer of the book of James. Okay? Matthew 13, 55 tells us that Jesus had four half-brothers. Okay, And they scoffed. They made light. Oh, it's just Jesus again running at the mouth, and they didn't believe in Jesus until after he arose from the dead. Okay? So one of those four brothers is named Jude. And interestingly now, as he writes, he doesn't say he's the brother of Jesus. Again, look at verse, verse 1. He says instead, he's the slave of Jesus Christ. Think about that. His own brother... I'm a slave of my half-brother. See, his brother James, and he now, see, Jesus, not as a brother, he's our master. <laughs> he grew up with Jesus, and can you imagine growing up with Jesus? Now oh, look at Jesus. He's always the goody-two-shoes. He never gets in trouble. He's never in time out. He never has to sit quietly in the corner. And I think they resented Jesus. He never misbehaves. Jesus never gets grounded. But now Jude views Jesus as God becoming man. Isn't that interesting? Uh, once, Once he's resurrected from the dead, now Jude is worshiping the one he grew up with. Now he sees him as God with skin on, okay? What a clear testimony this gives of the deity of Jesus Christ, okay? If anyone was in a position to refute and make a fuss about the claims of Jesus, oh yeah, I'm God with skin on. If anybody could refute that, it was his earthly brother who watched him daily as he grew up. And after the resurrection from the dead, their resentment went away. It all clicked. And now James and Jude are all in with following Jesus. They're they're all in with strong allegiance. They validate, you know what? This Jesus Christ, he really is the second person of the Trinity. He's my master. Verse 3. Dear friends, Jude writes, I'd been eagerly planning to write to you about salvation, we all share, but now I find that I might, must write about something else. So he was going to write to them about salvation, about the Bridge to Life tracks. We've got some up here, we've got some in the prayer corner, but he was going to write to them about how you can become a follower of Jesus Christ and celebrate what it means to follow and know Jesus. He was gonna write to them about how to say yes to Jesus, how to follow him, and how to get going in his faith, okay? But instead, something disturbing is going on. This has come to my attention, go back to verse three. But he says, but now I must write about something else, urging you to defend the truth of God that has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. Defend. Urging you to defend the truth. It has the idea of wrestling or contending with somebody. Defending the faith that God has entrusted once for all time. Now you might not know this, but our church constitution, written 50, 60, 70 years ago, has actually this quote from Jude 3. The faith once delivered. That's a quote from verse 3 of Jude in the King James Version. What, is, what does that mean? Okay. It means this: hold firm to your faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? Hold firm to the gospel. Hold firm to the words that the Lord inspired. Peter and John and James and Matthew and Mark to write down for us. Hold firm to them. Hold firm to this Jesus and his word. And here's what he's saying, okay? Track with me. He's saying, remain under the protection of Jesus and his word. Because this is where it's safe. And if you start living like this... You're asking for trouble. That's really what he says here. Over and over. you got to live this way under the protection of Jesus and what he's made clear to us in his word. And now you got these folks coming in and they're telling you, you don't have to live under the protection of Jesus and his word. You don't have to. Come on. Just, just come out here. It's way funner out here. You're free. Do whatever you want. And Jude says, no, that's a lie. (laughs) These liars are false teachers, and you don't want to come out from under the protection of God's Word and what Jesus has made clear, okay? When the Lord says don't, he's not trying to spoil your fun. He's trying to say don't hurt yourself, which is why, I just want to point this out, we have this card, and there uh, at the welcome table and the rack. Um, these are our core values as a church. And, and the first one is Jesus is our everything. And it also says, and Scripture is our source. Well, why is that? Why is that? Because we want to remain under the protection of Jesus and under the protection of living according to God's word, Scripture. Just telling you, it's huge. That's a part of our core values. Back to the text, verse 4. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. Interesting way, like worms. uh, Saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. That's the chief charge he makes. They're telling you, you don't have to live according to the book. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they've denied our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Okay? These false teachers are writing, and they're there in your churches, and they're claiming to be teachers of Jesus. But they're actually perverting and poisoning you, is what James writes. They're actually feeding you lies, okay? They're saying God's grace allows you to live however you want. Track with me, okay? You're a Jesus follower, but you have grace, and you have freedom, and you don't have to be bound up by, by this book. You can live however you want, live however you please, okay? Whatever you feel like doing, do it, because grace abounds, okay? That's their lie. God's grace will forgive you. Let sin abound. You got your ticket to heaven. Let sin rip so that grace may abound more and more. I hope that kind of sparks in your head because that's what Paul was dealing with to the church at Rome. Here's what he said, Romans 6.1. What then should we say? Keep on sinning? So that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace, God forbid. Of course not. God's grace is not an excuse to just let sin rip. Okay, they they want to cherry pick their beliefs. Got your ticket to heaven, but they still want to sin and lust and do as they please. I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to worry about consequences. That's the false teaching. That he's dealing with. Can I just say the same idea is still alive and well in 2022? Can I just say, uh, folks are still saying it doesn't matter what you do with your body as long as your spirit is right. I've heard that. Well, well my, I I meant my my intent uh, was right, but what I'm actually doing is wrong. I've heard this. This is a new day, Pastor Jeff. This is a new generation. And we don't actually have to stay bound and obey God's book anymore. Come on. It's 2022. I know your generation felt differently. But you know what? God's grace and his forgiveness will cover all of the immoral choices that I make. So let's just go for it. And I tell you what, here's what I say. If you have any problems, here's what I say back to you. You Ready? Judge not, lest you be judged. (laughs) Judge not, because if you judge me, I'm going to judge you right back. Verse 5. Jude continues. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. Okay. So Jude's going to go back to the Old Testament and show them, that this thinking, this new false teaching, is a lie. Okay, He says, remember when God delivered his chosen people from slavery in Egypt? Do you remember? Uh, he delivered them, but then they had these poisonous snakes to all those who were whining and complaining. And the poisonous snakes bit them, and many of them died. Numbers 21, 6-9. to nine. Oh, and remember he delivered them out of Egypt, but then the ground opened up a couple times and swallowed up people and they were, they were killed in the pit. That's found in Numbers as well. Numbers 16, 28 to 33, okay? So he's saying, uh, oh, by the way, that whole generation had to die and the new generation is who got to go into the promised land. Okay, here's his point. Okay, he's saying God told them what to do and they could remain safe and under God's protection. But they were saying, but I I think I want to do it differently. I think I want to call my own shots. I think I want to be my own boss. Okay, and he's saying when you're going to live this way out from underneath the protection of Jesus and his book, he's saying, It's going to be painful. There's going to be consequences. Don't go there. Verse 6. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Verse 6, don't you remember? (laughs) See what Jude's doing? He's saying, don't you remember before God created the heavens and the earth? Uh, Don't you remember in Isaiah 14, it tells us one third of God's angels rebelled and they left with their leader, Lucifer. Don't you remember that? They said, you know what? I think we want to call our own shots and and be free. So they rebelled. And now they've been sent down to planet Earth. They had it so good with the Lord. (laughs) Living under God's protection. But look what it says. But now they're awaiting God's judgment in hell. (laughs) Verse 7. And remember those wicked cities? (laughs) Back in Genesis, remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Do you remember what happened there? They wanted to actually rape the very angels that God sent to protect Lot and his family. He says, and they face judgment too. Okay? Give me your eyes. This is a warning to us, y'all. This is a warning to us. Stay close to Jesus. Stay under the protection of his word Where it's safe, because as soon as we go out from underneath the protection of God's book, pain, consequences, judgment come raining down, and He keeps on giving example after example. Okay, all these stories would have been really familiar to the Jewish readers of this book. Okay, so Jude is using biblical history to confirm this is the idea. Sin has always had consequences, and it still does today. Sin has always had consequences. Verse 8, Jude continues hammering his point. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams, (laughs) they're here teaching, they live immoral lives. They defy authority. They scoff at supernatural beings. But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy. Michael simply said, the Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body, but these people scoff at things they don't understand. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. Okay? Let's just pause. Let's try to understand what these new progressive False teachers are teaching there in the churches that Jude is writing to. They're saying, "Do whatever you want. You got your ticket to heaven. You're safe. Um, there's no rules. You don't have to listen here. There's no absolutes. Embrace your chosen sexuality. Indulge your desires. Do whatever you want. Don't listen." Don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to your pastors. You certainly don't need to obey God's God's word, okay? We're free. We're we're living free. We're proud. Come join us. The water's great. Come jump in with us. Do it the way we're doing it. And I just want you to know God's commands don't apply. Verse 8. That's exactly what it says. Supernatural beings... Angels, demons, God, the devil—you don't have to worry about that. I don't. If it if it is real, it doesn't really affect your lives. Free yourself from your religious handcuffs. Verse nine is interesting, and the highest of the even if the highest of the angels doesn't just go pick a fight with Satan. Okay, instead it says Michael clings to Jesus and finds protection in Jesus Christ. Okay? So here's the truth. If the mightiest of God's created angels, Michael, needs the protection of Jesus, how much more do do we need the protection? That's his point. If If Michael needs God's protection, then we too need God's protection. Okay? As we walk daily... Under the protection, I'm daily walking with Jesus, and I'm daily staying under the authority of God's book. That's where protection comes for us as well. How many times you going to pick up that umbrella, Pastor Jeff? <laughs> seven, okay? Because I just read, if you show something seven times, it'll stick. So I think that's about four. So we've got about three more times I'll pick it up. What sorrow awakes those who reject God's authority? What consequences? Three more examples, okay? Verse 11. What sorrow awaits them? They're following in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money. Like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. Cain was the first murderer when he killed his brother Abel. I'm sure if I get rid of that that brother of mine who's a show-off, I'll be free. He never was free again. He lived as a marked man. Balaam, preacher for hire, sold out his ministry for money. Korah rebelled against God's chosen leader and died for it. Okay, Verse 12, Jude warns us, the same corrupt, rebellious, proud spirit has wormed its way into your church. Got to be careful, church, because if you're not careful, those same lies are still coming our way today 2022. You know the guy that you like on TV? Does the words he speak line up with God's word? That that YouTube channel that you faithfully follow, is it biblically accurate or is it just interesting? Those friends that you met at church, here's the question, are they living biblically or are they just saying, I'm a Christian? Or uh, verse 13, let's keep on going, they're like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They're like wandering stars doomed forever to blackest darkness. Are, Are these false phonies leading us astray too? You better believe it you better believe it verse 14 this is interesting Jude quotes from a source that most of his Jewish readers would have been familiar with even though it's not scripture okay he quotes from the apocryphal book of Enoch of Enoch so why would Jude quote from a book that's not in the canon of scriptures okay And the answer is, it's the same reason I quote Andy Stanley or Francis Chan or David Jeremiah in a sermon, okay? Not because their words are infallible, but because the quote makes the point that I'm trying to make, okay? It explains biblical truth to you. That's why he quotes Enoch, verse 14. Listen, here's the quote. The Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of God, uh, of the world, excuse me. He'll convict every person of all the ungodly things they've done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And what's the point that Jude is making here? What's the point that he's, as he's quoting Enoch here, he's saying these people were disobeying. These people were not staying under God's authority. They were doing it. They were living out here and thinking they're going to be fine, and they weren't. God's consequences, God's judgment was upon them. And he keeps making that point again and again and again. Now, here's what's fascinating. Jude really doesn't quibble with these teachers Theology. Their theology was pretty good, okay? The problem was they didn't live out obedience to what they were teaching, okay? In other words, they knew truth, but they didn't live truth. Isn't that interesting? You can know truth and Henry not live truth. And that's huge. No spiritual fruit. Immoral, sinful lives, complaining about others, bragging about themselves, living for me what makes me happy, doing whatever I feel like doing. That's how they were living. Verse 17. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's Spirit in them. Jude has said it over. He's saying loudly and clearly, remember the words that were written down before. Remember the words in the Old Testament. Remember the words of the Apostle John and Peter and Paul and Matthew. Don't forget, all those writers warned us about these false teachers, okay? Remain under the, the authority of Jesus and his word, okay? Because when we hear God's word, but we don't obey God's word, um, we're tempted to realize, well, well I'm, just, I'm just enjoying this. No, please understand problems, consequences, judgment, Is coming down your way. Verse 20. But you, dear friends, you must build each other up in the most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, await the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you'll keep yourself safe in God's love. Telling you what, this is what we must be about. This world is getting worse and darker and rebellious. Anybody see that besides me? These voices are saying there is no God and even if there is a God you can live however you want, live free, do what you feel like doing. Jude says, "Uh uh-uh, no. Church, build one another up in the faith. Be praying for one another. Get filled with the Holy Spirit and pray for each other and encourage each other and build each other up, church family. Stand strong Together. Verse 22. And we must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others, I like this, by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sin that contaminate their lives. Okay? Cling tight to Jesus, church family. Reach out to those, think about it, We're supposed to cling tight and remain and now reach out and snatch some people who are living in judgment. Come on over here. Come on under the authority and the protection of God and his word. And he says, oh, by the way, when you're reaching out, if you're not careful, you'll get pulled over and get contaminated. Be careful as you reach out to make sure you don't get pulled into their sins. Now, here's what I really like about Jude. He concludes his strong words, letter of warning, not with doom and gloom. (laughs) He concludes with hope and eager expectation. Look at verse 24. Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away, and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Our God is faithful, y'all. Isn't that good? He's merciful. He's full of grace. He's going to keep us safe and secure as we stay close and connected to Jesus, as we remain obedient to his word. He says, you know what? I'm going to grow you. I'm going to perfect you. You're going to get more mature in me. And when it feels like you're losing the wrestling match, when it feels like we're getting pulled, he says, you know what? I'm going to never let go. Oh, no, I'll never let go of you. King Jesus deserves all the glory, all the credit as we stay close. Okay? Closing question. Are you ready? Is it possible, is it possible that you're a follower of Jesus and you're here today, but you've been kind of, you know, sneaking out and it's kind of fun to get your feet wet and get your hair wet a little bit and then, and then you run back. I, is it possible that you're just kind of, I'm, I'm here and I, and I love you, Jesus, but, but I got this pet sin in my life and for days or maybe even weeks you run away and then you run back and you go, hope nobody saw me. Hope I, hope I don't get caught. That's, that's who Jude is writing to. Stay under the umbrella of God's inspired book. Stay close and connected to Jesus. This is the place of safety. This is the place of God's blessing. Stay under Jesus and his book. He's saying don't. Why? Don't hurt yourself. I love you too much. I really do. We're to the final verse. And... This this verse is worth celebrating. Verse 24 and 25. What a great way to end a little book. Would you stand with me? Let's uh, read out loud the very last book of Jude's 25 together. Verse 25. You ready? Let's read it. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, majesty, Power and authority are His before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. Amen. Hey, I think we should read that again. Dan, can you put it back up one more time? Okay. Now, this, like you mean it. Here we go. All glory to Him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are His before all time, and in the present, and beyond all time. Amen. Lord, thank you for the little kick in the pants we call Jude. Help us to stay close to your Son daily, Jesus Christ our Lord. Help us to live under his protection. And Lord, we're reminded the reason you tell us don't, It's because you don't want your kids to get hurt. Don't don't hurt yourself. So Lord, help us to live out exactly what Jude was reminding and warning us about. Thank you for allowing U-turns. And Lord, if there's any of us who've been out playing uh, away from the umbrella of your word and your son Jesus, would you nudge us back, convict us to come running home to you today to stay there. And Lord, I always want to be reminded there very well might be some here today who don't know your son, Jesus. They don't know what it means to stay under his authority. They They don't understand what it means to live obediently to your book. Lord, would you make it clear their need for salvation? Convict them of their need of what Jesus has done for them on the cross, his shed blood, in the empty tomb. Lord, make them hungry to know what Jesus will do for them, the resurrection power available to them when they say yes and follow your son in his book. And if that's you, if you're watching online, you're here in person, you can either hit that button if you're watching online or make your way back to the prayer corner. We'd love to celebrate with you and help you in your beginning journey with Jesus. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.